From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, September 27th. Pandemic-related shortages are nothing new. From basic supplies to the workforce, COVID has slowed and cracked a lot of systems. And one of them is in education. We have a district that has about, let's say, around 100 teachers. Um, in that district, can you guess how many subs we have? Jeremy Spaulding is the community coordinator at Grand County Schools. He's talking about substitute teachers. According to a 2021 Education Week survey, more than 75% of district leaders across the country say they've had trouble finding enough substitutes to cover teacher absences, a problem they say has been exacerbated by the pandemic. So to Spaulding's question, for a district with around 100 teachers, how many subs would you guess we have? Checking in with Grand's school admin staff as of Monday, the answer is two. So what this means is that every single day, if we have any teachers who are sick, if we have any teachers who have a need to go grieve a a dying family member, if we have teachers that have to take care of their sick children, if we have teachers who need a mental health day, which are all extremely normal things, Um, those two subs or one sub come in and fill in. And then after that, it comes down to everybody else. Everybody else, meaning school librarians, behavioral health staff, and principals covering classes. I would say that I'm actually probably averaging covering at least one class once or twice a week. Joseph Olson is the principal at Margaret L. Hopkin Middle School. Um, COVID really did change the landscape nationally as far as teacher shortage, substitute shortage, and it's not something that is unique to Moab, Um, but it's definitely been highlighted the last couple of years Mm -hmm. as we've come out of this COVID virtual learning stage, and we're really trying to get back on our feet with shortages all the way around. Olson says it's not just substitutes. Bus drivers and custodians are also short-staffed. That just means lots of current staff are taking on additional responsibilities. Middle school custodians are filling in at the preschool, and when teachers are out, others are combining their classes or giving up their prep time. Well, you know, you start to feel guilty about when you want to take days off or need to take days off. Carrie Barnard teaches 7th grade English in Grand County. You want a reliable person who's there for your students, and uh, when we don't have them because of lack of subs, it makes me want to take less days. And then I definitely feel the burnout um, because I need those days. You know, it is tough. School administrators say a healthy amount of substitutes for Grand County's district would be around 10. And right now, with just two people to call on when staff is sick or have an emergency or just need a mental health day, it adds more pressure to those at work. Barnard says yes, she's very willing to help her colleagues so they can take a day. But the more responsibilities placed on her shoulders, the more she needs one too. Most of us are more than willing to give up our prep time to watch those classes that we don't have coverage for. And so that puts us behind in our grading or our planning for the students to be successful. And it just eventually creates this domino effect the more we have to do it. Community coordinator Spalding says this situation is not tenable for the district to, quote, do forever. This year, he's trying to reach out to retired people or even the seasonal workforce to get them interested in subbing. Here in Utah, you don't need experience in education to be a substitute teacher. Here's his sales pitch. 
We, we have really tried over the last few years as a district to try to make our pay here uh, competitive in the community. We know that people can go work in other places. This is a unique opportunity to give in a place that is really needed um, and to work with kids in a, in a place that's actually pretty fun. If you want to give back to your school, if you want to serve or volunteer, you could think about instead becoming a sub. School staff are bending over backwards to get people in the substitute teaching door. You can say, I'd like to sub one day a month. You can do that. And that would help us because we need it. I'd like to sub just in the afternoon on Thursdays. And you can do that. And we need it. Um, so even if you have just a couple of hours to give and you're willing to do so for kids, it'll make a big difference to our teachers and our really hardworking staff um, to come in and make it so that they're not overburdened. Principal Olson promises that substitute teachers are not alone. He says in addition to competitive pay and a lot of flexibility, they get support from school staff and immense gratitude. Oh, you're subbing for us? Let me help you out. Let me take care <laughs> of you because we want you to come back and we want there to be a culture of appreciation for these individuals because you really are key in helping us to function in the type of effective way that we want to function. It's going to take more creative outreach to make substitute teaching attractive as a job or service opportunity in Grand County. School staff have plans to take this issue to many corners of the local community. You can find more information about substitute teaching in Grand County in the show notes. The Great Salt Lake is getting saltier, and researchers are predicting this will put brine shrimp at risk. Amy Van Tatenhove with our partners at Utah Public Radio reports. Brine shrimp are hardy crustaceans that live in the warm, salty waters of Great Salt Lake. The brine shrimping industry, which harvests brine shrimp eggs, called cysts, to sell to aquaculture businesses as fish food, brings in millions of dollars to Utah's economy each year. And many birds that use the lake to nest or refuel during migration rely on them for food. However, with the lake shrinking due to drought and water consumption, a new model suggests our brine shrimp are at risk. Gary Belovsky, an emeritus professor at the University of Notre Dame, created a model that helps predict how well brine shrimp cysts, larvae, and adults survive up to five years into the future, depending on Great Salt Lake conditions, including salinity levels, food availability and type, and water temperature. By adjusting lake conditions, Belovsky can predict what may happen to the brine shrimp population. While the type of food and the amount available is a powerful driver of how well brine shrimp can survive and reproduce, as Great Salt Lake gets increasingly salty as it dries up, Belovsky's model predicts high salt levels will spell trouble for the shrimp. What is the effect of the higher salinities we're seeing right now on the brine shrimp? What would happen if the salinity goes to 18%? And I ran the model at that level. And within two years, things really crash. Great Salt Lake salinity levels reached 18% in mid-September. Adult brine shrimp die each year over the winter, but before they do, they lay cysts that hatch the next spring when conditions are right. At these high salt levels, brine shrimp have to spend a significant amount of energy managing salt levels in their bodies, leaving them with little energy to produce cysts. As a result, with fewer brine shrimp hatching each spring, the population won't be able to sustain itself, leading to a dramatic population decline. Fortunately, spring snowmelt and rain often bring enough water to Great Salt Lake that salinity levels drop in the springtime, giving the brine shrimp a break from high salt levels and a chance to put energy into producing the next generation. 
But as the lake shrinks and gets increasingly salty, we may reach a point where even seasonal inflows won't bring salinity levels below 18%. This year's monsoon season has helped alleviate drought conditions across the state and may be increasing water flows headed toward Great Salt Lake. However, Belusky says with high water consumption across northern Utah, the rain hasn't been enough. Rain is not getting to the lake. It's either being used before it gets to the lake or it's evaporating faster than it used to be. I would guess it's being used. Although barn shrimp are small, they're a critical food source for millions of migratory birds that stop at Great Salt Lake to refuel. Eared grebes, which are small water birds, eat almost exclusively brine shrimp to build fat stores for migration and grow new feathers. Michael Conover, a USU professor, says up to 95% of all eared grebes in North America stop at Great Salt Lake during migration. If you're looking at when the grebes are on the Great Salt Lake, it's 95%. So once the grebes are here, they cannot fly, so they're stuck. And if they could fly, there's no other hypersaline lake in North America that could sustain them all. So could be a dark future. Drought and water consumption are changing the relationship between birds and brine shrimp in other ways as well. John Luft, who manages the Great Salt Lake Ecosystem Program for the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources, says northern shovelers, a species of duck that normally eats seeds that collect in bays around the lake, have instead been venturing farther from shore in the winter to eat brine shrimp cysts because the bays they typically feed in are dry or frozen. While adult brine shrimp provide plenty of nutrients for birds that eat them, like eared grebes, Brine shrimp cysts don't offer the same benefits. As a result, shovelers that have been eating their fill of cysts are failing to digest them and get enough nutrients from the cysts to survive. We actually saw shovelers that were starving to death, and we've had that happen a couple different years. We had it happen this year. I mean, the birds would be basically emaciated. So we sent them in for testing because, well, maybe it's a disease. There was no disease associated with it. It was just that they were starving to death. But that was the only food source that they had. Recent initiatives to reduce state water consumption and allocate water to Great Salt Lake offer some hope for the lake's water and salinity levels. But Utah's growing population and ongoing drought conditions are likely to put increased stress on Utah's water systems in the future. I'm Amy Van Tatenhove. This report is from our partners at UPR. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, September 27th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.